I'm Dick Summer, and it's time to say goodnight. This is a quiet place to rest your head. A safe place to hide a hurting heart. A gentle place to fall. We just call this place goodnight. Hey, thank you for dropping in here on my podcast. It's always a pleasure to having you here. I did something on the last podcast that I have never done before. I told you the first part of a short story called Love Comes When You Least Expect It. The story is not autobiographical, but it is such a close parallel to something that really happened in my life, something that really changed my life. It was a very tough story to write and record. But when I finished the recording, I felt like I had just finished the 100th push-up in a set. (laughs) I could hardly move. So here is part two of Love Comes When You Least Expect It. I dreamed too easily. As a kid, I dreamed of flying in a rainbow and landing where it pours golden magic out on the ground. I did it one August afternoon in an old bi-wing open cockpit steerman. That's the summer I became the Wizard of Oz. It's easy to dream lying next to this woman with pretty blue eyes and a slightly off-centered nose as the sense that nothing else exists outside herself when she makes love. The sandalwood candle flame is still in the cold air. The sound of her breathing is slow and comfortable. But it was a lack of sound, a sudden snap of silence that broke into my very deep sleep. Her apartment is unselfconsciously furnished with attic junk. But she has French milled soap in the bathroom. Fresh flowers, oranges and apples in a cut crystal bowl on the table. I wouldn't be surprised to find secret love notes in the bread box and tinfoil-wrapped candy kisses hidden in her underwear drawer. But she sleeps in a naked sprawl as if she's very used to sleeping alone. Soft, dark blonde hair tucked under a heavy white crocheted bedspread. It'd be easy to dream of long Sunday mornings in bed with this woman, doing a crossword puzzle together telling long stories about things that happened when we were kids and making sudden love. I've only known her for about as long as it takes to drive under an overpass during a heavy rainstorm. It's a shock to remember that it was touching her that ignited the storm. I don't want to hurt her. And I don't want to love her. If she were awake, she'd probably say... You can't do one without the other, Ace. Actually, it's not quite that noble. I'm afraid to love her. Because I don't want to hurt myself again. And it would be so easy to spend the rest of the night here because I don't want to go home to look at the same unmade bed. Bathrobe that's crumpled where I dumped it. Bedroom slippers pointing in opposite directions. Worst of all, the empty quiet that seeps in under the door and out of the telephone. The truth is, I do want to love her. But I can't afford the mistake of confusing love with happiness. 
or just the comfort of a happy, sexy, friendly woman. And the rest of the truth is that something evil has crawled into me. Guilt, I guess, crazy, senseless, deadly guilt. Immortal guilt. Because memories can never forgive. The truth is always very quiet. Lies are broadcast nationwide. Our car is better than all the others. Take this pill and you'll feel fine. Buy our beer and the girls will all love you and come to your parties. But truth comes in a sudden snap of silence. I'll listen for it carefully. But not here. In the solid music of my airplane engine, high in what should be a white, cold sunrise. If the weather guys are right. I can't trust the echoes of last goodbyes any more than the soundtrack of tonight's dream. It's not that the Wizard of Oz is some kind of a fraud. I just dream too easily. failure at playing keep away. I want her again. Get up. I love the feel of her. You have to stay alive, get out of bed. She's saying the soundtrack of her dream. What does she mean? It's coming down for you. Get dressed. Just one kiss across the tips of her shoulders. Call a cab, climb in your plane and disappear. These feel like somebody else's clothes. They're cold and crumpled and a little stained. Keys, wallet. Not even going to leave a note. Nothing was here, my dear. And that's what I have to feel, nothing. The cab is old and comfortable and so is the driver, who's also half asleep and marvelously quiet. So is the airport, rotating beacon like some slow giant egg beater swirling around in the low scud clouds. One green lamp lights the office, a spotlight on the windsock, and a touch of rose on the eastern horizon. The blue taxiway lights and the white lights on the runway are controlled by each pilot from the cockpit at this little airport. I turn them on. I'm checked out, I'm strapped in, and I'm cleared to disappear. like a digital clock during a power surge. Never seen it go so fast. I've been learning to care for myself again. I don't mean just washing socks and cooking meals or balancing the checkbook. I mean caring for myself. 
haven't had to bother about doing that for a long time because I've had someone who's cared for me. There's some good things about it. I can listen to my music turned up to ten, and I can eat my Limburger cheese, raw onions, and beer for breakfast if I like. I think it may grow a mustache. Might be some kind of improvement. I'm not proud that I won at my game of keep away. She understands the importance of listening carefully to winter thunder as it falls down an icy stairway of black clouds, and the comfort of listening to raindrops splattering on the roof and the windows while you're warm and dry inside. She even likes cherry vanilla ice cream and coming home and zapping the telephone and turning on some music and hopping into a bubble bath. And most important, she's proud enough to enjoy being funny. And strong enough to let herself go soft in my arms. I guess I wasn't ready. There have been some other women. I found that I like women better than they like themselves. I met a woman with bright, happy, healthy kids who feels like a failure because she doesn't have an outside career. I met a woman soft with beautiful curves who is on a Terrible diet because she feels that she has to look like some kind of a skinny kid. One woman I met actually said, "You know, it feels like a crime to take any time. Feels like time is going by like a digital clock plugged into a power surge right now." I think the main reason that television news eats up bad news is that bad news travels fast, and television likes to travel fast, gets our attention, keeps our attention. It's like MTV, cut, 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 cut. Let's pile up the disasters one on the other, just like a whole bunch of football players in a crunch. Bad news travels fast, and it's always wrong, or usually, and certainly always incomplete. Newscaster in a light tan wool sports coat with the leather pads on the elbows and. A salmon tie and matching linen shirt, standing at an airport, wearing a concerned frown, and talking about the small airplane that just crashed in the early morning, half a mile from the runway. The only time when a small airplane crash makes the news is on a Sunday night when the muggers and the politicians have taken the day off, or if there's lots of blood to show. The unidentified pilot appears to have been the only occupant of the single-engine four-seat Cessna. He says, "No word on the pilot's condition." Give him a break, God. I don't pray very often, but I mean it when I do. Then the reporter gives his famous smile and sends it back to the studio, reporting live from the airport where I stopped for fuel and changed my life. One thing I'm sure of is that nothing is permanent about your future. Could have been any one of the hundred or so pilots who based their planes there. Could have been someone just passing through. Maybe stopping for fuel like I did, and it even might have been the only woman in the place, the one who met me naked and warm and needy, a lifetime ago. Annie was her name. God, I wanted to stay with her, but I got myself hung up on one of those things, one of those dumb things that we get hung up on so often. Why did she trust me so quickly, so completely? Is this love? Can love happen that fast, or is it just some kind of mutual need? 
Somehow the question was important to me then, and it sounds absolutely ridiculous now. If the answer ever made a difference, she certainly earned the right to talk about it. I think I better go back and offer her the chance, if she's still interested. There's no such thing as the love of your life, Ace, she said. But we were warm together. Even after everything I said was funny and everything she did was beautiful. I know the difference between right and wrong and so do you. Was her only answer to questions about the past. I still haven't found a better answer. There's no reason in the world to think it was her, but it's a wake-up call. Of course, there's no reason to think that it wasn't either. Her phone machine says she'll be right back, leaving my name and number. 500 miles. It's going to take almost four hours in my airplane. That's without wind. And the wind is blowing in black, jerky gusts. And deep inside, I have this feeling like this news is fast. And although it's incomplete, it's also bad. The winds were even stronger than I thought. It took longer to get here than I expected. The tanks are almost empty. But we're almost there. There's the rotating beacon. The runaway lights are controlled by a signal from the airplane's radio here. I turn them on, get lined up on final approach. It's the middle of the night. I hope I don't wake too many kids as I get lower on the glide slope. I'll put it down as quickly and quietly as I can. An airport at night looks a little bit like a birthday cake. It has white and blue lights and a revolving beacon. The crash site's about a half a mile from the end of the runway. The wreckage was taken away yesterday. Looks like the plane hit almost vertically. No landing is exactly routine, but this one comes pretty close. There's the familiar squeak of the tire touching the runway. Slow her down, turn her around, and taxi back to the terminal. The same coal stove was smoldering in the corner. The green lampshade makes the old brown cracked leather couch look like something you'd see crawling out of a hole on an alien planet on an old science fiction movie. And he's not here. There's a young guy behind the counter instead. I heard my voice say, Top off the tanks with 100 low lead, please. And I understand somebody went down by runway 24 yesterday. Yeah, he says, a girl. It's not that little long-haired blonde who used to work here nights, is it? Yeah. Why? Do you know her? Yes. What happened? We think it was a stall spin. She probably banked too hard and got hit with wind shear. But what happened to her? She's in the hospital. There are no cabs this time of night. Use my car. Thanks. I owe you one. I'll have your car back before you go off duty. The hospital is only a mile away. It's tucked in between the hills that make this airport a difficult approach when the wind whips and swirls around them. Nothing permanent about your future. Change your mind and you can change your future. But the past, that's something else. All those senseless questions looking for words instead of the answers that are so clear in the light and heat of simple passion. And all that beautiful young passion cut down to smoke and bent aluminum and crushed hopes and dreams. I heard a pilot's death scream on the frequency once. If it's vengeance time, God, I'm the one to blame, not her. My God, you know that. 
No fire, Lord. Please. Your mercy must have spared her that. Please, God, not her. Annie is absolutely out of place in the hospital. She belongs almost anywhere else. Her apartment furnished with attic junk, with love notes hidden in the bread box and silver foil wrapped candy kisses tucked away in the drawers. She belongs in the sky, breaking through low gray scud clouds into a blue that nobody but a pilot ever sees. She belongs naked and soft in my arms, trying to laugh and cry at the same time. Everything's just a best guess, the doctors say, but if she makes it, it's going to be close. Translate all the Latin words for broken bones and loss of blood, and that's about what it comes down to. She's so still, somewhere under those bandages and blankets and tubes. She won't have any idea that I'm here, is the doctor's best guess. She didn't guess. Everything was definite to her. You know the difference between right and wrong, and so do I, was her way of dealing with guilt. There's no such thing as the love of your life. No good deed goes unpunished. Charm kills. Just come down here and kiss me. That was the way she led her life. That's the way she flew her plane. Precision turns. She was a careful, joyful, excellent pilot who called the rest of us ace. They got her out before the fire. Thank you, Lord. I owe you one for that. A stall spin? That's a sloppy pilot's mistake. Or a pilot who was thinking of something else. I was only part of her life for about as long as it takes to drive under an overpass in a thunderstorm. Two days together. Hardly even time to learn about each other. She must have had something more than me on her mind. Wrong again. There was hardly time for me to learn about her, because I spent most of the time asking questions instead of just listening to the answers. Well, if it's going to be close, any small thing will help, and right now I'm feeling about as small as any man can feel. Running away from a woman who believes in you will do that to a guy. But my best guess is that this time, if I stick around and pray and believe, sooner or later, she's going to know that she was right again. God's phone is off the hook again. And the thing that turns my eyes yellow is that he doesn't even know that I'm angry at him for letting so many bad things happen to so many good people. Innocent little babies born deformed, gentle old women. All I have left is faded pictures and old love letters and a wedding band so worn that it looks like a gold string. And my little Annie, my sunshine. What did she do to God? All she wanted was to love and be loved in return. Why do you let people wander around homeless, cold, confused, and in the brutal snow? Don't you know you're letting little kids get AIDS? Didn't you notice that half the marriages in the world are crushing the people who are trying, really trying to make them work, both men and women? Can't you see that you've given most of the power in this world to narrow-eyed, redneck, teeth-grinding, selfish, fiery-faced, rich, ruthless bastards? How come, how come, God? Only young and beautiful people get a break. How about the rest of us? What are you doing, God? I could do better. The priest says God is love. I said, let's get that in writing, Father. God made everything out of nothing. 
but I've noticed lots of the nothing wearing through these days. But then I look at Annie. She's going to make it. She's strong enough to hold my hand again. They said it's a miracle. Your fastball right down across the plate. When you dropped her into that smug, comfortable life I had going, I thought you were throwing at my head. It turns out it was just that big major league curve of yours. I'm trying to write down what she's all about in my life. i got to figure that out. This is your way of telling me how hard it is to create anything, isn't it, God? This blank page that I'm looking at, trying to write down what I'd do if you'd taken her away, my little Annie. If you were living on Earth right now, God, I guess guys like me would always be getting mad and smashing your windows. And you wouldn't say anything, because you never do. Guess I've got to get it through my head that you've got a right to put whatever gifts you want in the box, and you've also got the right to put whoever's name that you want on the tag. I couldn't really do better. Sorry about that. I wouldn't even know where to begin being immortal. I get bored on a stormy Sunday afternoon when I can't fly my plane. So the power to get rich is a gift from God, because that's the way it is. So is the pleasure of climbing into a little airplane with somebody you love and flying up into a clear full moon until the plane can't go any higher and then cutting the power and gliding back down in the moonlight, watching the lights of the city get larger and larger and making love right there in the midnight magic. There's also an all-night game of chess with real wooden pieces by a fireplace in February with family stories and Beethoven and Roberta Flack and an occasional cup of perfect coffee. I've got to learn that we're here for your convenience, God, not the other way around. You had a right to make the chicken before the egg if you didn't want to sit on the eggs. I've got to learn that we're your play-doh, God, and you have a right to make whatever you want. It's your clay. I don't like that. I wish I could honestly say I don't believe in you. I have no idea what I'm going to do for eternity. That's your business. But God, for that instant, that one little instant when you found an extra breath of life for this precious little clay called Annie, thanks. It's moonrise after a cloudy day full of crystal-clear peace. The cabin is by a sunset-flaked lake so quiet that you can hear the splash of fish jumping after low-flying insects. The room has a soft, thick, oblong rug made of some kind of real fur, covering most of the wide, polished pine floorboards. The doorways and windows tilt a little to one side, There's a huge brick fireplace with a heavy dark wood mantle and real brass and irons. In one corner is a small kitchen with a hand pump for water and up in the rafters a sleeping platform with five or six almost couch-size handmade feather pillows instead of beds. All that's missing is the perfect fire. The cabin belongs to a friend of mine with a few bucks and a bad marriage that he's been trying to fix. He and his wife were supposed to share the weekend, but they canceled out, so 
you and I have it to ourselves. I'm pretty good at getting fire started. And I have one dish that I know how to cook. Lightly browned fresh fish, topped with slices of lemon and cut up parsley with brown butter. As the pine fire starts singing, I must confess I feel kind of proud of myself for resisting the temptation to take for granted that I'd actually catch a fish. I brought some along in a picnic cooler along with some cheese and a half dozen white cupcakes with multicolored sprinkles and a bottle of good champagne. The fire's really kicking in. The pine burns fast and hot. Perfect for making memories and plans and long, delicious love. You've promised me a surprise. Just keep doing what you're doing and don't turn around is all you've said so far. You've been restless and anxious to get back to work. Your accident has left your legs almost useless. But you've never cried. There are things about you that I don't understand. There are things about you that make me understand myself much better. The words are simple ones, but I'll never forget them. You said them in a voice that was quiet and excited. You just said, you can turn around now. And you changed from your jeans into a new pure white satin jumpsuit. You're barefoot and smiling like a little girl. Blue eyes shining in the firelight. Your dark blonde hair freshly brushed, spilling over your shoulders. Your mysterious heirloom silver bracelet on one hand. Your long red fingernails glistening. The other hand on the doorknob for support because you're standing up. standing for just one precious moment and then you tumble laughing into my arms your hair smells like pine and new apples and fresh strawberries and your eyes are closed on my chest and you're warm and trembling and laughing and suddenly your eyes are wet and your laughter turns at last to tears tears full of pain and loss and a new and amazing trust for these arms that are holding you. It's a clarity about crying to the point of total exhaustion. Only really important things get what little energy is left. Even words are too much of an effort. And you are warm, soft, satin in the firelight, smiling sleeping at last in my arms.
Well, there it is. Last part of Love Comes When You Least Expect It. Any comments? I would appreciate very much. My email is dick at dicksummer.com. Okay. Time to tuck you in now. I'm Dick Summer, and I hope you'll come back soon for a gentle place to fall. A quiet place to rest your head. Safe place to hide a hurting heart. Nice and easy now. Couple of deep breaths. Come on. There you go. Just one more. That's better. All the way to sleep. All the way to sleep. Good night.